Hi everyone and welcome back to this week's episode of We're Spinning Plates. I'm Em. And I'm Kira. And before we jump into our weekly roundup this week, we wanted to remind you that we did just create an Instagram for the podcast. So we are on Instagram at We're Spinning Plates, just We're Spinning Plates without the apostrophe. And it's a great place to just chat with people, to get agony ant questions, to request topics. And we're really glad that we have the Instagram. So we just wanted to remind you all that it is out there in the social media void for you to come across if you so wish. So now that we've talked about our self-promo, let's jump into the weekly roundup. How has your week been? Horrible. Oh gosh, Kira, don't let me cry. Uh, I'm going to be very, I'm going to try and just get through this very quickly. So obviously, if you listened to last week's episode, you'll know that one of my rabbits, Willow, was ill for a couple of weeks in January and rabbits, as I think I mentioned last week, can go downhill very, very quickly. And that was unfortunately the case for little Willow. So she is no longer with us. Um, That was happened on Thursday. So we were still looking after her through most of the week and it was obviously really sad and for me the saddest bit is obviously the fact that we have two rabbits so we now have Gatsby left over and the concern is obviously that we don't want him to be lonely or sad or anything like that. Obviously me and Jay are both really sad about it in general but I think as humans we obviously understand it and like can come to terms with it but we were both really nervous that he would be sad or lonely but he's living with us inside permanently and um, hopefully we're keeping him company and making sure he's not lonely. So that was honestly the largest part of my week because like I said, I was looking after her until Thursday evening. Um, so that took up a lot of my time. And because we had a feeling that it was going to happen this week, we weren't really doing much else other than just yeah. like staying with the rabbits inside. So I mostly just sat by the rabbits and I did watch a new TV show, which I absolutely loved. It's recently come out on um, all four, but I think it is going to be streamed in a few other places across the globe if you're not from the UK. And that was It's a Sin, which was so good. It was a. I have heard everyone talk about this. It's honestly incredible. Like I just saw the advert, and then I actually saw um, Zoe Sug put it on her Instagram story, and I was like, right, she said it's really good. I keep seeing the advert, so I'm just gonna watch it because literally I have nothing else to do. I'm sat in the bedroom looking after rabbits all week. So it's a five part series set in the 1980s, focuses on a group of friends living in London. Most of the friends are gay men, um, and it focuses on like the rise of the AIDS crisis, how it affects all of these people, and it's just a really, really interesting series. It has some amazing, fun, high moments, but obviously it's quite a sad series and it deals with some really serious topics but I thought it dealt with them all really really well and it also um I think showed that like although it was a really tragic thing that these people's lives weren't completely dominated by or kind of like people who were affected by AIDS weren't then only an AIDS victim it showed how they had lots of other amazing things going on in their lives and I thought it was great and the fact that it was only a five-part series also made it so quick to get through and it was just really incredible. I think it's so important that the TV and books and media that we consume gives more of a focus to that crisis I think it's really important Mm. I remember thinking that when I read The Immortalists by Chloe Benjamin. Same. I had never read about it in a book before. Me neither. It was one of those feelings that when you do read about it for the first time, you think, why have I never read about this before? Like, why has it not come up more? Because it was such, you know, it it was a crisis that affected so, so many people. And I also saw, I read an article this week that was like, the Spanish flu was not the last 
um, mm. pandemic. And I think it is important that we talk about it. So I definitely want to, I definitely want to watch that. Um, so, so Because good. so many people have said how much of a vital watch it is. So yeah, that has reminded me that I need to add that to my watch list. Um, also on the topic of like things that have been in the news this week or things that have been online this week and relating to Zoe Sugg, did oh, you yes. see... I the did. backlash that she got for the Zoella website. So if anyone hasn't <sighs> been following that kind of scandal, so Zoe's <laughs> Z- the Zoella.com website is obviously not Zoe's like Hers, personal yeah. like it is her personal brand. It stemmed from her. Well it started off brand. as her personal blog, didn't it? Yeah. But then as the brand has grown, she's distanced herself as Zoe Sugg from her brand, which is then a place that now employs several people, is a website specifically that sort of creates content for women in their mid-20s to mid-30s about all kinds of things that relate to women. So they've had articles on things like um, trying to conceive and like the process of like getting pregnant. They've had articles on Bridgerton, like so many things from the serious to the frivolous about things that may interest women of that age, which, you know, is the age that she falls into. So... So they posted an article which was a roundup of their favourite and the best sex toys, which is obviously (laughs) very applicable to that stage of life and the women that are their target demographic. And Mm -hmm. at the same time, Zoe's or the Zoella website was used on a GCSE syllabus. I'm right, that's right, isn't it? uh, Yeah, and I think she'd been on the syllabus for a couple of years now. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, no, that wasn't a recent thing. Yeah, sorry. That's She's been on the GCSE syllabus. But the recent thing is that due to the article about sex toys, her mention in the syllabus got pulled and it has sparked a whole kind of debate over the fact that she is still associated with you know teenage girls when that really isn't her target demographic anymore as she it's it's an interesting debate about brand and Mm -hmm. as as you grow and as you age can your brand move with you and I think it definitely can um but it's just yeah and should so she's creating content that is so like important it does seem like an article that could you could perceive it as scandalous but it's so not like an article about sex toys is just nothing yeah yeah people are perceiving it as scandalous but at the end of the day is it It wasn't like she made like a porn video or something like she didn't you know like (laughs) it wasn't like a try on haul or anything like that you know like it was just literally (laughs) reviewing them like shock horror (laughs) women can enjoy sex and know that that's like whoa that's taboo but yeah I just thought that was really interesting to read her response to it and I thought it was a really mature and I'm glad that she responded yeah me too because I know that obviously you don't have to respond to every negative thing about you on the internet especially when you're you know such a big influencer as Zoe Sugg is but I really liked the kind of response that she gave I felt it was yeah they deserved to get that response because how stupid to assume that a woman that is 30 is she 30 or is she older than 30 but anyway she's She's around that age um cannot write for that age like I know like obviously I don't even think she wrote the article like I don't know that she even had anything to do with it but I just know from having watched her for quite a long time I think she's struggled over the last few years to kind of disengage her personal identity from the brand and it's like obviously the brand started with her so I can see where the crossover comes but like other people who own businesses are not like tied to the name of that business so closely and I think it's been a big struggle for the point like that her audience isn't what the general public perceives it to be and she I think started YouTube when she was like 
19 or 20 or something like that so like she wasn't even in the teenage demographic for most of the time that she's been creating content but for some reason it's kind of been shoehorned as her audience when that's not actually reflective of the truth yeah definitely i think sometimes creators can kind of be given an audience that they didn't you know assume or or choose to happen and Mm. yeah as you say they're like shoehorned into creating content for that age when that isn't the age that either they're at or they wanted to create content for um so Mm. i just thought it was really interesting and i know that we i know zoella can be or zoe sug you know distance her from the brand i know it can be (laughs) quite controversial but i know that we're both fans of her we've watched her for a long time and i think she really hit the internet wave as it took off especially with youtube Mm. and so watching kind of the trajectory of her career is like the yeah. it's like she's like the first of her kind in that sense so it is 100%. interesting and I, and I do I did really respect her and her team's response to that so the GCSE syllabus to conclude can get lost <laughs> it should be updating itself obviously very like I think what they sort of tapped on in that as well is that like it was a GCSE media syllabus so maybe it's not the right content for that media syllabus but that the content taught to young people about like sex and relationships does need to be updated because Mm, currently it's just it's like it only talks about the very much like biological part of it but like that's obviously a very sort of narrowed down academic focus on what is something that is like much more complex affects people like emotionally physically as well as biologically so it does need to be updated and hopefully i think sex education is very it's not, it doesn't encompass all of the facets of sex and everything that comes along with it. So it's definitely mm-hmm. opened up a wider discussion and I found it very interesting to read about this week. So aside from reading articles on the internet, <laughs> I promise I do have a life. Um, so this weekend has been the Recommendation Readathon, which I'm hosting with Rachel. Oh, yeah. And it has been so fun to just, basically the whole point of this weekend readathon was to read things that have been recommended to you. And so I've had a really fun time doing that. It's so low pressure. There weren't strict prompts you had to fulfill. We had a Discord group chat and loads of people joined that way more than I thought would. And it's been so nice to chat. Yeah. We did a live reading sprint on Rachel's channel and that's been really nice as well. I think it's very easy to feel kind of isolated in lockdown and so yeah definitely yeah it's been really nice to do that as well and then last night we so you remember I said that last week we had a wider cheese night yeah that was like Saturday night I feel like you gotta go all out in lockdown um we had tapas last night and we ordered it from Ooh. have you ever been to Ambiente in York absolutely not oh I'm God, not a incredible. very like restauranted person I feel like I've hardly been anywhere oh I'm gonna take especially in York but I'm gonna take you um yeah anyone that lives in york ambiente best tapas and we ordered this i'm not gonna lie giant order and it was just such a good time we also played mario kart (laughs) oh fun that was your tapas highlight okay so i'm gonna so i i really like the breaded goat's cheese which i know that you wouldn't like we also got a vegetable paella really really good but one Mm. thing that i know you would like or i really think you would like they're green beans but they're like dressed in this like like dressing (laughs) For one, a better word. And they've got like sun-dried tomatoes and pine nuts in those green beans. And then paired with the goat's cheese is just out of this world. And the paella, like all in one bite, amazing. But I know Mm. that you would like the goat's, uh, not the goat's cheese, the green beans because they are vegan. I love green beans. I love playing green beans in general. So like dress them up and I'll be all over that exactly and it's really funny because we have we've had those green beans before and the reason that we keep getting them is that one of my housemates went on a 
a Tinder date, and the best part of the date was the fact that he introduced the, us green, to the green beans. beans. So, like, <laughs> the legacy of those green beans is has been created, and so you can never go to Ambiente and not get the green beans now. It's just a rite of passage. So we did that it. last night, and aside from that, it's just been a really good reading week. I've read some really, really great books. Do you ever have just, like, a span of time where you don't read a single bad book? Uh, yes, I'm not currently in that room, <laughs> but I have had one of those times before. I'm usually such a five-star giver, so, like, I can have loads of months where I'm like, this is amazing, I'm having all the best books, but January's not been a great month for me in terms of reading. Oh, see, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't intending for it to, like, I didn't expect it, but it's just yeah, this week that's of the best reading. Thing. So I read Kismet by Luke Tredgett, which I talked about last week, the book last about, week, yeah. like, Black Mirror, Bridget Jones, phenomenal, mm. five stars, loved it. Then I moved on to The Dinner List by Rebecca Searle, which I will speak about a bit later because that has inspired <laughs> this week's theme. Then I read The Assistants by Camille Perry, which I really think you should read because I think it will just okay. like cheer you up. And that is about right. a this female assistant to this millionaire or billionaire boss of a corporation and due to a mix-up one day at the office she accidentally takes like twenty thousand dollars that aren't hers through expenses and she pays off her student loan and just thinks oh no one will ever find out and she gets dragged into this like blackmail scheme with all of the other female assistants which grows into them paying off their student loans um and then spirals into like a massive non-profit for female assistants that want to pay off student debt. It is so fun. <laughs> it is amazing. It's like an embezzlement, an accidental feminist embezzlement book. Ooh, it's so fast paced. It's got female friendship. It's got romance. Everything you could ever want from a novel. And then the final book that I have been reading and I am still reading is Yes She Can, 10 Stories of Hope and Change from Young Female Staffers of the Obama White House, which is basically- You love a White House <laughs> I love, I love a White House memoir. And this is like 10 personal essays from young female staffers of the Obama White House and the pivotal moments in their career when they realised they could make a change. And I, oh, nice. If you ever want to be inspired, highly recommend. So yeah, good reading week, Love it. good tapas, Mario Kart, online articles. Boom, there you have it, a weekly roundup. Wow. And what a week it sounds like it's been. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Love Absolutely that amazing. <laughs> Literally. So I think that brings our weekly roundup to an end. I'm hoping that next week my weekly roundup can be a touch more positive I'm it's okay good. to be, no it's okay to be negative and to process yeah. emotions never ever beat yourself up for that no I feel like I definitely had like a down week which is to be expected and honestly if I wasn't feeling down I'd be concerned about myself because that would make me quite a cold-hearted person yeah but um no, well not no, I'm not saying yeah to you <laughs> yeah she's a cold-hearted yeah, person she's cold-hearted. uh but no I feel like I'm processing the emotions feeling like a bit more positive with each day that goes past so hopefully next week will be a good week indeed okay so jumping into the main topic of the week this one has been picked by em i think it's incredible as i seem to think all of her topics are <laughs> but this one is particularly fun and has been like quite a challenging thought-provoking thing because it sounds like frivolous <laughs> but then when you actually put the thought into it it's kind of complicated so i'll hand over to you to explain a little bit more i'm really glad that you like the idea because i do think it does <laughs> deviate a little bit from um the whole we're spinning plates vibe but i think it's sometimes it's fun to just 
debate things, you know, and discuss yeah, things that so. are fun. Um, <laughs> and this is a lifestyle podcast. We don't have to fit in a box. So with this week's theme, it was inspired by The Dinner List by Rebecca Searle, which I did just mention mm-hmm. I have been reading this week. And basically the premise of that book is that the main character makes a list of the people that she'd most like to eat dinner with, like your dream dinner party situation, you know, dead alive, fictional, um, and it comes true. So that inspired me to say... <laughs> Kira, who would you invite to your dream dinner party? So we have both come up with a list of, well, Kira is still debating as we speak. I'm still debating. (laughs) But we've both come up with a list of four people that we would invite to our dinner party and we're just going to talk you through that and give our justifications for our dinner party guests. And I will say in advance of talking about mine that I presented this to my housemates last night and I got ripped to shreds for it, so... I hope Kira does not do the same. I'm excited to see, like, first of all, who they are, and then also to hear why your housemates ripped it to shreds, because that sounds fun. Now, before (laughs) we jump into the actual list, I have kind of a joke one of someone that I definitely would not want to go to a dinner party. So I'm going to read a little quote out and then see whether you know what it is. If you do, then that's good. And if you don't, I'm hoping someone else will know. Okay, go on. So go. Dear Lord, what a sad little life, Jane. (laughs) You ruined my night completely so you could have the money. (laughs) Uh, But I hope now you spend it on getting some lessons in grace and decorum because you have all the grace of a reversing dump truck without any tyres on. (laughs) That was better than I anticipated. I'm so glad. You should invite him. I feel like he brings a certain level of drama to a dinner party that is required. definitely brings the drama if I can't think of a fourth person he can take the spot but for now I'm like do I want a troublemaker at my dinner party at least it's not come down with me so there's no money to be won here we're all just there for a good dinner so like he might be better when there's no competition but yeah yeah it's not a competition he might just be able to settle in and practice his own grace and decorum (laughs) (laughs) but literally like the that was just the first thing that came to my head when we said dinner party that was all I could think about was just that little exchange from come down with me so (laughs) i enjoyed that immensely (laughs) i'm glad you had the reaction that was the reaction i was hoping for if you had just been staring (laughs) at me blankly it would have been disappointing (sighs) and hurtful so if i hadn't understood that (laughs) reference i would have given you permission to unfriend me yeah both on facebook and in real life (laughs) (laughs) but luckily you did so we can still be friends Okay, so do you want to kick it off with the actual dinner party guests? Okay. Who invite them? So we thought that instead of doing the usual me to you to me to you, we would just kind of talk about our dinner party because you need to see it collectively as a whole, I think. And we can just chip in okay. and comment on each other's. Um, mm-hmm. So mine, unintentionally, is very female orientated, which mm-hmm. once I did, I did a YouTube video once, which was like my dream fictional dinner party where it was all fictional characters. And that was very female as well. And it made me realize that when I was a teenage girl, it probably would have been like, I'd like to have dinner with Zac Efron and Connell yeah. from Northern <laughs> and like all of these like guys. So that's growth. I feel like that's growth. This is going to be a cool dinner party. So leading into it, we've got probably the most predictable member of my list. Can you guess who it is? Taylor Swift. Indeed. (laughs) Got it in one. (laughs) So I just think it would be a missed opportunity if I didn't (laughs) meet Taylor Swift after being a fan for 11 years, seeing her in concert six times. I just connect her music on such like a lyrical level because I like telling Mm. stories. She likes telling stories. I would just love to talk about stories and life with her. Yeah. My first thoughts initially is obviously 
obvious choice because I knew you were going to pick Taylor Swift, of course. <laughs> but I just feel like if I was a fan of someone in the same way that you were a fan of Taylor Swift, I would be so intimidated. I just don't know if I could even enjoy the experience because I'd be so, like, it's just such a unique opportunity to be with someone who you're, like, such a big fan of. Mm. And then secondly, because it's not a one-on-one dinner, it's a dinner party, I would be, like, so excited by the opportunity to meet Taylor Swift that I don't know if I'd pay much attention to anyone else. Yeah, but when you see the rest of my list, you'll see that they're all kind of on an even keel for, like, what they would provide me conversationally. And I also just think... (coughs) Lost my voice there. I also... (coughs) (coughs) And I also just think that with this kind of chance to have this dinner party, if you're not picking people that inspire you and would be people that intimidate you, are you even picking the right people and making the most of it? It just seems like too good of an opportunity not to invite Taylor Swift. So Taylor Swift is my first dinner party guest. And then moving on to another dinner party guest, I'm inviting Taylor Jenkins Reid. Ah, the Taylor party. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. (laughs) She is a great one. I was thinking like, what author would you have selected? But yeah, that makes 100% sense. Because like, I do have authors that I like and like their stuff as much as I like Taylor Jenkins Reid. But I was thinking conversationally, what would I gain? And I think something that I really want to learn with writing is I think sometimes it's very easy or I find it easier to create side characters from the point of view of the Mm. protagonist that are just so alive and so vibrant and so real whereas I think it's really hard to create a protagonist because you're in their head that feels so real or a main character that is so iconic and she is the queen of iconic main characters like Daisy Jones and Evelyn Hugo and also she wrote my favorite book of all time after I do and I just feel like she would be a really cool person so we've got the two tailors um, and then I don't know which one to go with next okay the next one I'm gonna harp <laughs> back and I'm gonna ask Jay to do some fancy editing I'm gonna harp back to a comment I made <laughs> in a previous episode so we're gonna play that now Brooke Davis One Tree Hill who had the best character progression in One Tree Hill but that's a story for another day and now is the time that I'm going to <laughs> reopen the conversation about why Brooke Davis had the best character arc on One Tree Hill and potentially any program that I've watched ever. So One Tree Hill is like wow. this is the this is the character that I got ribbed for by my housemates because they could not understand really? why I went for this character. But I feel like One Tree Hill really marks my teenage years and I have rewatched that mm-hmm. about four times, like all nine series four times. And I wow. just think Brooke is a really cool character. If you don't know what One Tree Hill is, it is a kind of like a angsty teen program set in <laughs> North Carolina um, that follows this group of teenagers throughout high school and then as they grow into adults and just their lives and, you know, interconnections with each yeah. other. And Brooke Davis starts out as this kind of, like, selfish character who doesn't who's v- doesn't really, like, allow herself to be vulnerable and she's just, like, not a very nice character. And she grows into just yeah. the loveliest person. I just think okay. she's a great character and I would love to have her at my <laughs> dinner party. And I also think that she would be really good at making other people feel comfortable enough to talk, like, and to gel with mm. each other. So any thoughts yeah. on that one? <laughs> Gonna rib me for it too? Honestly, right... I'm not. I've never watched One Tree Hill, um, so don't hate me for that. But I feel like that has limited my ability to rib you for it. But I just think sometimes you just connect with characters and you enjoy their arc. And, you know, each person might notice different things about characters or connect with different parts. So 
I think you're fully within your rights to uh, select that character. If she means something to you, if you want her at the party, then she's invited. <laughs> exactly. I just think she's a really cool character and um, I think that she'll be someone that would be great to get advice from and to just chat through life with. Like, I'm talking about storytelling and music with Taylor. I'm talking about protagonists mm-hmm. and writing with Taylor number two. And I'm talking <laughs> and I'm talking about, like, life and love and experiences with Brooke. So that's my love three. It. And then... My fourth one. Okay. So <laughs> I would love to meet Avery. Your character. Oh yes. my God. That makes so much sense. That makes a lot of sense. So for anyone that hasn't read my book or didn't know that I wrote a book. So the main character is called Avery Emerson and she is a student at the University of York. And to just, I just feel like to pass up the opportunity to meet someone that I created and that I feel so like I know so well already because I was in her head would just be such a cool experience. I think we'd get on really well. I'd like to meet her like after the book's finished when she's had her character arc because I just think like I just feel we'd get on really well and to meet the culmination of that creative process would be a once in a lifetime chance absolutely I can't believe I didn't even think that you were gonna you know I, that didn't even cross my mind but then as soon as you said it obviously that makes so much sense because who would you want to meet out of any literary character but the one that you created in your own head so absolutely makes sense mm. and I think that she'd be a great dinner party guest. Um, I, just, I just feel like we went for a lot together, her and I, and I feel like we could do with just meeting in real life. Yeah, and also think about the like post-dinner hot chocolates that you would share together. <laughs> dreamy, absolutely dreamy. So please rate my dinner party out of 10. Oh my God, you've put me on the spot here. Right, <laughs> well, okay, I'm thinking. I'm just going to go ahead and give it a 10 because I think <laughs> the only person on this list that I don't actually know is... Uh, the One Tree Hill character and so mm. I can't really say for sure whether I like her maybe I'll drop it to a nine just because I don't really know if I like yeah, her yeah I think not. that's but sensible I would definitely go to a dinner party that both Taylors and Avery were at I think that would be a great combo and I feel like you've got like a few different types of people to like stem different types of conversations and also to like you know so that you've not got like an echo chamber you've got different people from different perspectives and lifestyles and all that kind of stuff um (laughs) and I I just think it would be a really lovely dinner party now briefly (laughs) do you know what you'd make them oh god (laughs) okay so I feel like given my limited (laughs) my limited expertise probably something Italian (laughs) However, if I'm allowed to order in, I would order in the tapas from last night because that was mind-blowingly good. But that really was turning the the microscope back on me. I have no idea what I'd make them, but I would make everyone an after-dinner hot chocolate because that is my legacy. So hit me with your dinner list. Okay, I think I've actually... I think I've, I've I think I've done it. So <laughs> well, that's good considering the time, I know yeah. considering what this episode is. But honestly, I've been debating it literally like all week. I went to sleep last night thinking about it, and like <laughs> I had just like names swimming around my head, and I was trying to select ones that I thought were actually good. So I'm gonna kick it off with. Do you have any ideas who I'm kicking it off with? <laughs> I think <laughs> I feel like potentially Sally Rooney could be on here, but I don't know. Yeah, is that the first that's one? It. That's that's the first <laughs> one. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we obviously know each other quite well that's nice um so yeah Sally Rooney she is the author of two of my all-time favorite books and I just think she's such an incredible person because she's written books that are literally just like they do everything that I want in a book basically like I feel like she has just tapped into my personal style 
of what I like to read <laughs> She wrote so them just well. for you. I, that's how it feels. Like, I know it's not true. <laughs> but, like, that's how much I love them. That, that is literally the connection I feel with those books. And she is just so intellectual, so clever, so interesting. I love how she, like, writes about... Obviously, we both love how she writes about relationships and connections and things like that. And I just think it would be really interesting to find out, like, what she is like as a person versus, like, what her characters are like. Because in my head, I feel like she's probably quite a lot like her female protagonists. Um, yeah, in the in sense my head, of being like, You know, quite intellectual, maybe a little bit, like, cold to the... Like, <laughs> in like you know, like, not like they're actually not a nice person, but, like, not sort of super out there vivacious super friendly doesn't like go out of their way to make you feel like do you know what I mean like I feel like I'm describing it really terribly but like so you think she's a nasty person (laughs) no absolutely not I think some people um sort of put out like a persona like to the world that's like super bubbly and like they want to make other people really like them whereas I feel like she's more of a person who just is who she is and obviously is very intelligent probably quite aware of that but not in a way that makes her arrogant but just in a way that she's not gonna put on a persona just to please everyone else and just is who she is so I really like that about her that's cool I would already the her that I've invented in my head (laughs) I mean you've never met her this is based on her books absolutely nothing I would already come Um, to this same party okay next up we have a fictional character okay hit me with it it's rory gilmore now honestly i was like (laughs) i was there was a part of me that was like do i just invite four gilmore girls characters because i definitely could have invited rory lorelei luke and jess and been like happy as larry with my dinner party but equally the things that put me off of that was first of all making this more varied and interesting to talk about on the podcast <laughs> and second of all um I'd be the outsider because I'm not from Stars Hollow so yeah like, that's thought, true actually maybe it's best to only invite one of them and when it came You're down to choosing one, I had to choose Rory first of all because she's always my favorite character I started watching Gilmore Girls when I was like a teenager so I think naturally I related more to Rory than to Lorelai <laughs> pause for <laughs> Guess, rabbit sneezing <laughs> Um, bless you and then I also um, feel connected to her because obviously we both love books we all love food that's a big part of Gilmore Girls so I really liked that and also people often tell me that I look like her so I just think it'd be fun to be in the same room I would like to see a picture of you two side by side yeah like is the resemblance as clear if we're actually in the same space together so that's Rory I feel like she'd be great because she'd eat absolutely anything she's not a fussy guest so that's good yeah um and I think we could have some... I think her and Sally Rooney would get on really well together because they're both so clever, so... That's that's a good point. We've already got some, like... You've really you know, thought about connections this. at the table. Yours is right. definitely more of an... Maybe an intellectual thought process gone behind this. <laughs> well, the next one is... <laughs> oh, God. Slightly inspired by the conversations that we've had today already. Okay. Uh, but it is Zoe Sug because See, I just that's a good one. one. That's a good one. First of all, she loves hosting, so it'd be interesting to host to host her and yeah. like see what it's like. For You'd her have to, be to the have guest. a very good like table set up. You'd have to lay the table very aesthetically. I'd have to put a lot of effort into the whole experience, I think, because she's got a whole book called Cordially Invited, which is about hosting people and having parties and things like that. So I feel I'd need to step up my game to like make it good enough. But I've been following her. She was like the first person that I ever really like watched on YouTube. So. I've been following her for a really long time. Obviously, I wouldn't directly say that she inspired me to start a YouTube channel, but equally, 
she was the first like creator that I really yeah. watched and like started like sort of I felt like I connected with the content and I've enjoyed watching it develop and evolve over the years and I think finding that obviously then led me to explore more of YouTube and find more creators and over the years that has obviously snowballed into me then creating my own platform so I think she definitely had an influence on that because there's so many different areas of YouTube and so many different niches and I feel like her lifestyle friendly chatty vloggy style really was something that I enjoyed so I think she'd be a nice guest and I just feel like she'd be very like polite and friendly so yeah that's a good choice and I also think like because she has kind of been such a iconic creator in that she was on YouTube when it really took off it would be so Mm. interesting to like ask her like what she's learned from the process and I feel like she'd be very wise about content creating um, yeah yeah that's a good choice yeah I feel like she'd be a good dinner party guest and then and you could have a rant about the sex toy thing exactly we've already got conversation pieces so yeah. we're good to go and then the final person a little bit okay. rogue and kind of inspired by first of all I'm just interested in this person and what they do and I think they are really really cool but then I also watched a documentary um this week which kind of like led me back down this path and we've talked about it before as well and we kind of roughly talked about it in the things you'd do if you wouldn't fail podcast episode but okay can I can I try and guess can you give me a clue (laughs) I've left um tumbling oh is it an Olympic gymnast is it It Simone is it Simone Biles or Ali Raisman it's Simone Biles yeah because she's obviously like now renowned as like the best gymnast in the world like she's won so many gold medals and like is just incredible she's like such a powerhouse she's only like four foot ten I think and she's like somehow manages to do all of those incredible things and I just feel like I would be very inspired to talk to like a successful athlete because I'm obviously not a successful athlete but (laughs) (laughs) maybe if I could get like just like an inch of their inspiration and like determination and like discipline that would be a good thing so I feel like she'd be a cool person to have at a dinner party that's a that's a is a rogue but respectable choice like I follow her on Instagram and I just want to be her friend yeah I feel like again she seems like really nice because if you were if you were an Olympic gymnast who has won literally like she won all the golds at Rio Mm. and then you know, you could easily be arrogant and, like, big-headed and have, like, an air of superiority, but she doesn't seem like she has that at all. She seems very humble and hardworking, and she just seems like a nice person. So, yeah, Okay, I would definitely come to your dinner party. (laughs) I would give yours, like, actually, I do think a 10 out of 10. Yeah, maybe maybe a nine on the on the basis that I actually didn't connect with Rory as much as you did. I think Rory sometimes Rory's decision making annoys me. I I feel like she's a character that is obviously complex, and I think more and more people have started to dislike her, especially in the light of the like year in the life one, which I just choose to ignore. Um, that is not something that I'm gonna take into consideration. But I do think that she was 16 at the start of the show, and you know, like 21 or 22 at the end of the show. And I think it is valid that she would have made some dubious decisions and not have always known exactly what to do and I think because she's so intellectual and often seems mature we kind of hold her to like a different standard because she usually meets like this very perfect exactly what you want from her standard but actually I think those bits where she does things that you're like why did you just do that or like why have you gone for that guy 
although they're not great decisions, I think add a bit more realism to her as a character and also offer opportunities for growth because I think if you're always perfect, then, you know, you never get, I've put a lot of thought into this. Um, if you're always perfect, then you're never going to be like... I don't think a great person because I think you won't really know how to respond to when things don't go perfectly. Whereas when you have had a few struggles, I think it does build you as a person and make you more relatable. Yeah. So. No, that is a really good point. And to be fair, Brooke didn't always make the right decisions and yet she is still invited <laughs> to my dinner party. And also we do gravitate towards morally ambiguous characters. So I don't know. I think yeah. I think maybe me and Rory just didn't click on like, we didn't vibe on all of the levels that people That's can fine. vibe on it's and so enough. i'm going to give you a nine out of ten but what i will say is that i do think our dinner parties could combine which would be so much fun because yeah. like we've got such a range i feel like so many different things going on so, so many, many interesting conversations styles. i know we're definitely the least interesting people at this dinner <laughs> party though speak for yourself <laughs> i could hold my own <laughs> i feel what like would you cook? I, what would i cook um again i would probably go for some kind of Italian. When I was younger, my go-to meal that I would cook on like a weekend at my dad's house would be um, tomato garlic bread, lasagna, and then a lemon cheesecake for pudding. So I might just go for the old classic. What I will say is we're hosting a lot of, as we've mentioned, quite intimidating people here. Yeah. (laughs) Is a tomato garlic bread going to cut it? (laughs) Well, I mean... I think maybe we need to combine combine our energies and level up in some way. Or combine our funds and hire a chef because let's be honest <laughs> these people we can are hire probably... suki yes oh there we go we already know it's perfect everything's yeah. fine full circle love it so there um, so this might be yeah. the largest portion of our main ever main thing we've ever done <laughs> <laughs> largest portion i like what you did there <laughs> oh yeah it's like we've been talking so long i've actually lost my voice <laughs> wow well with that being said then i think this was a really fun theme and i'd love for you all to go over to our instagram at we're spinning plates and tell us who you would invite to your like celebrity perfect dinner party because it's just so fun to see who everyone would invite and i think yeah it definitely think it, brings it out says a lot. interesting interesting topics because it doesn't necessarily reflect your favorite people but i think the people that you find the most interesting and want to learn more about so 100 percent. i'm excited that we had this conversation me too thanks for bringing it up Okay, so welcome to this week's Agony Ant column, which is a little bit different to how we'd usually do it. And I'd like to start by saying that the twist that we put on this introduces if I could have a fifth dinner party guest, who I would invite. Um, so oh this, God, yeah, yes. I only when we were talking about this of Agony Ant section did I realise that I might have missed off someone that I'd really like to sit down and eat dinner with. But anyway, this <laughs> week, instead of taking a question um, from you guys, we decided to spice things up. And um, we're going to answer Ooh, a question. Add a little bit of spice. <laughs> a little spice. Um, I just lost my train of thought. We decided to add I'm a little... I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was entirely your fault. Um, I'm going <laughs> to add a layer of spice and answer a question from Dolly Alderton's Sunday Times Agony Ant column because she gets some Love really it. juicy and in-depth questions and we were like, let's do something fun. Let's answer one of hers. And because it's quite an in-depth mm-hmm. question and because we talked so long in the main section, we're just going to answer one. So... The tagline for this question that we're going to answer is 
Dear Dolly, my boyfriend is sweet and my best friend, but he doesn't intellectually stimulate me. And so I'm going to read out the in-depth full question now. So. Okay, I'm ready. Are you ready? It says. I'm ready. My boyfriend of almost two years is sweet, generous, and my best friend, but he doesn't intellectually stimulate me. Our conversations lack depth, and I often feel like we haven't really engaged each other. My heart sinks every time he doesn't catch my jokes. He has no inferiority complex and constantly showers me with praise for my accomplishments, but it feels lonely up there without him. Do I continue to try and bridge our differences? I know, yeah, this person feels lonely up there. (laughs) Jesus Christ, someone clearly has a superiority (laughs) complex. Never mind his inferiority. (laughs) Wow. So that's the question. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? So the first thing I thought when you said the tagline about that he doesn't intellectually stimulate her, but he is kind and is her best friend is basically to assess what you want from your relationship. Because I think obviously everyone has like, you know, non-negotiables and then things that they can maybe like let slide and I think it's not fair to expect one person to do everything because not every person is going to tick every box so I guess you kind of just have to assess what it is that you want from your relationship is it more important to you to have a best friend in your partner or to have someone who you think is really kind or showers you with praise who doesn't mind you being more successful than them or is it more important to have someone who's intellectually stimulating? Now, that's not to suggest that that can't be mutually exclusive. You can have all of those things in one person, but you've already got one person who, in your view, doesn't tick all of those boxes. So I guess it's assessing, is that something that you can deal with long term? Can you appreciate what that person does bring to the relationship and then maybe look for intellectual stimula- stim- stimulation? Stimulation? <laughs> stimulation elsewhere. Not from Kira. <laughs> Not from me, I can't even think of the bloody word. But yeah, could you maybe look for that intellectual stimulation elsewhere in friendships, family, you know, other people who you think are on your intellectual level or, you know, is that something you need from a partner? And you have to ask yourself that because you're the only person that will know what your non-negotiables are. But I also think to this specific person, I'd just take a good long look at herself (laughs) and just think about her own superiority complex because I think that that is potentially something that could stand in the way of them and happiness if they're constantly thinking about intellectuality and like how superior they are or how difficult it is to be up there in the leagues of intellectual (laughs) people all alone while all of the little people are down on the ground being stupid (laughs) I'm like I just feel like that particular phrasing and like are you actually limiting your own ability to be happy just because you're so focused on being intellectual so yeah yeah those are my thoughts that's a good that's a good (laughs) piece of advice I will agree that the way she's worded it does not show her in the best light. light. <laughs> um, but what I will say is, and I feel like we we always say this in our agony ant section, is we I really think in, as a society we need to kind of look at friendships and relationships in a and romantic relationships in a more like we need to analyze them similarly. And I feel like we treat them as two yeah. alien things. Um, whereas sometimes there is overlap in how we should approach them. So with friendships, for example, I have different friends that I go to for different things. So some friends you go to when you absolutely need cheering up. Some friends you go to when you need them to help you justify a mad retail therapy experience. (laughs) I have a specific friend for that. We went on a trip to Paris (laughs) together and 
we justified every purchase and it was a bad idea but it was so much fun um and then you have like friends that you go to if you want like say i go to you and we have an intense like book discussion and i would never expect to find one person as you said that has all of those things in one and so i think it's the same with a partner you're looking for something that probably doesn't exist how are you going to have some like have a person that has all of those things that you might go to different friends for in their one person Mm -hmm. like it's a lot to expect from someone and so Mm -hmm. that's the first thing i'll say another thing i'll say is when we look deeply into this kind of question there's intellectually like stimulating someone and then there's if he doesn't understand your jokes because for me i don't really care about intellectual level and it matching up but i would I would not like if someone didn't get my humor. Like, <laughs> like humor is a very important part for me of a relationship. So if yeah. so, if I didn't understand their jokes, or if they didn't understand <laughs> mine, and we couldn't just laugh our heads off together, what a weird saying! Mm-hmm. I always think that. How could you laugh, laugh so much that stuff, your head yeah. falls off? Grim image. You have to laugh pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. I don't think but, I'd um, ever laugh that hard. But anyway, yeah, hu- humor <laughs> and like a similar sense of humor is probably. My, definitely like up there as one of my top three attributes that I look for in a shared relationship yeah. so that for me is a completely different issue to I understand the two are linked but that's a completely different issue yeah. to intellectually stimulating me and sometimes I think being on the same level intellectually is overrated like I think that's like I mean you can become a bloody professor and talk to people who you're intellectually on the same level as if you're that bothered about yeah. it but that doesn't necessarily mean that you've got any other great connection i also do think the humor thing is important because i would have had to break up with you if you didn't get my come down with me joke <laughs> earlier um <laughs> but yeah i do think it is overrated and this person maybe seems to be thinking in terms of like her ideal partner if she'd written it down on paper but yeah, that's, not, that's not real life not real life and also like actually in reality i bet if you wrote down your ideal partner and that person presented themselves to you it wouldn't necessarily be as perfect as you anticipated and i think yeah there is more to be said for someone that you can have fun with that you get on with i personally think having like a best friend yeah sweet generous and a best friend that sounds lovely like literally because like likely that's the person that you're going to spend the most time with for like potentially the rest of your life so is intellectual I'm fucking out intellectuality <laughs> i can't do it it's like, you've crumbled I swear, in the face of this question I, I swear i'm not this stupid i just can't get my head around the word intellectual apparently but yeah i just think that's not necessarily the most important thing and there are so many different ways that you can stimulate intellectuality <laughs> she, she says with a massive look of confusion on her face but um no i just think there's loads of different ways you can get that and also like you can try and, you know, include the partner in, like, more of the things that you're interested in, so yeah. that they maybe, like, do get some of the jokes, but equally, if you don't like the same jokes, you're not on the same level, in inverted commas, then potentially your own personal view of the situation, rather than actual compatibility, is going to be a limit to this relationship. Yeah, so. definitely. I agree there, and I think that also, as long as they respect your ambition, like, if you're a very ambitious person, and they might not have the same kind of ambitions but they don't respect that for example i once went on a date and the guy said to me i really don't like how ambitious you are oh i was like wow um can i leave like that's really rude um yeah like if someone doesn't respect your goals and the way that you view the world 
um, then that's like an entirely different issue. But if they are like so totally supportive of you, they don't feel inferior. I hate the word. Yeah. I actually hate the word inferior and superior. I think that's so gross. It's horrible. Um, yeah. But if they, yeah, if none of those things come into play and they are just, you know, happy to be with you, um, then I think that there is something to be really valued in that. Um, obviously, if you're two years in and you're really severely doubting this situation and this relationship, then you can't force anything in life and you've got mm-hmm. to live for yourself. But I, like you said, Kira, I think if it's your own kind of preconceptions, is it is that a word? Preconceptions? <laughs> we have lost all <laughs> sense of intellectualness. We promise we actually read. Like, we know how to read. We've got a, a grasp of the English language somewhere. Yeah. But if you, if you let your preconceptions of compatibility influence your actual lived relationships, I think you're only setting yourself up for failure. Um, so yeah, I think you do have to assess what's most important to you, but intellectual, an, like a equal intellectual playing field, I don't think should be the be all and end no. all. Um, and what does that even mean? Because yeah. it's like this, you know, likely that person is, again, in inverted commas, intellectual in oh. maybe like one area. <laughs> I'm cringing. we can't all be, we can't all be experts in everything. So like, you know, I'm sure this person's partner has their own interests and things that, you know, are exciting to them that they're passionate about that they know more about, but maybe that's not they don't connect on that level, so she doesn't appreciate his intellectuality. <laughs> she doesn't. Pre- wow, she does appreciate. That's the word. She doesn't appreciate his area of intellectuality because that's not something that she's interested in. But that doesn't make it any less valid. You know, a maths professor and an English professor and a psychology professor they're all intellectuals they're not all experts in the same field so you know they might consider that they're not on the same intellectual level because they don't actually know about the same things but that doesn't take away from the fact that they all have extremely high qualifications in their area so i think intellectual as a term is really broad and doesn't like exactly tell you anything about a person because it's it's a very broad term like i have a degree and like but most Same. most conversations that would be considered intellectual, I flounder like a guppy. <laughs> this one, <laughs> like <laughs> I floundered in this one. Like I, common sense, general knowledge, conversations about politics, or like anything <laughs> that requires an extensive knowledge outside of like the niche things that I enjoy learning about. I mm-hmm. crumble. So, I mean, you'd probably break up with me. Not you, <laughs> the person asking this question. I'm not breaking up with you. But yeah, yeah you I can't. just think... You're trapped. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just think it's, it's very broad. It's very bizarre. That person is probably thinking like, well, I know a lot about this topic. Therefore, I am an intellectual. And oh, anyone God. who doesn't know the same things <laughs> as I know is not. And it's just like... Yeah. It's, it's, it gives the same vibes as like superior readers who think that reading certain genres or reading physically is like the only way to read and anyone who doesn't is less than that. So yeah, I just feel like an, intu- an, an intellectual... Whoa! An intellectuality superiority complex is just, you know... Yeah, we're not, it's not a vibe. It. It's, it's you're not right, a vibe. it's not a vibe. So we spent 12 minutes on that question, so it's a good job. <laughs> that was meant to be a speedy one. one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let us know also what your opinion on that question is. And also if you like our spicy variation on the agony <laughs> I enjoyed it because it was a really in-depth juicy one um yes so of course if you have any in-depth juicy questions yeah. to send us then you know where to find us on instagram at we're spinning plates but in the meantime 
jolly old ten is, is helping us out with some juicy questions. Yeah. So that wraps up this episode. I really enjoyed this. I feel like we got into this a right variation of topics. Um, I really hope <laughs> anyone that's listening enjoyed it too, because that's also the point of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but yeah, I really hope you enjoyed. We certainly had a fun time filming it, which is, you know, half the, <laughs> half the battle won. So... <laughs> oh gosh right you can tell it's the end when we start losing track so thank you so much for listening as always it's been a pleasure and we'll see you next week see you next week